Tanya Baldy with you, Baldy Reports, and always is my good friend, and sometimes when we get into a little arguments, my good friend, Joe Bitts. Let's talk about UbaldiReports.com first, John. Okay. You can go to UbaldiReports.com. You can see a lot of articles that I post. I post some of the articles that I've written, and you can check it out. Let me know what you think, and let me know what you want to hear, or let me know what you want me to research. But getting back to my good friend, Joe Bitts. Okay, if you and I'm pretty sure once we have the live feed going up, you're gonna if you see behind me, you see a lot of geek stuff, don't you? Yeah, I do. Okay, so you see like action figures. I got DC. I got Marvel. I got Mario. I got Legos. I got a Trump doll, Transformers, Dragon Ball Z, all this kind of stuff. And then uh, if you go over to my right, you see all the guns I got and stuff like that. So I'm a very eclectic person. Yeah, he that, that's a key word. Joe is very eclectic person. So then we uh, we're gonna go to we're going to Universal, and then Universal is a Harry Potter. I'm happening to listen to another podcast, and they talk nothing but about Harry Potter. Do you know anything about Harry Potter? I've only seen one Harry Potter movie. One Harry Potter movie. I've seen excerpts along the way how he got to what do you call it the freaking school that the witchcraft school Hogsworth whatever it's called. This is great. Yeah. So I was okay. Like when you're a marine, any movie that they that they are able to get into the base theater, whether it's like the greatest movie or it's just a crappy movie, it's only a dollar to watch oh, it. I took some friends there, and they had limited means, but we were just hanging out, and they had a couple kids. I said, let's go see this the chipmunks sequel okay <laughs> so anyway we go and i told them i go the base theater is a little different yeah okay the tickets are cheap but i said when it's like your classic okay, theater. hold on yeah. hold on yeah. you sit in the audience and you're sitting there chomping on your thing but i said before the movie plays uh, you have to stand for the national anthem uh, and they're like Really? And they go, yeah. So we get there, and I said, you better stand for the national anthem. How embedded is that in you? Every, anytime you hear the national anthem. I'm standing and put my hand on my heart. You do that? I always go to the position of attention because that's what they well, wanted us. Way, but, I mean, when I'm at a, f- a function at the national anthem, I'm going standing attention, hand on the heart. Yeah, and almost to the point where every time that national anthem is playing, Aaron, Cash, Skyler, McKenzie, they're just, they shut up. They go. They don't go to the position of attention, but they're just like a little bit more at the at ease until it's over. And then my cash, like one day, was like, "Why do we do that?" He was like, "Cause your dad almost lost his leg because of that. So that is why you're gonna do. Or that's why you're gonna honor." Well, I, our editor, we're, we're putting out a video about what is Ubaldi reports, and the editor asked me that question: "What does America mean? What is the you know?" So I can't remember how he phrased it, and he goes. And I told them, it's like, we have freedoms here that other countries could only dream about. Mm-hmm. I was in Thailand. I was in the Philippines. They have very poor people and, and they have very wealthy people. But even the poor in America have a cell phone. Yeah. Even the poor here have can get access to basic shelter, mm-hmm. food, health. Other parts of the world, you're on your own. Yeah. That's why I think like the homelessness, those people in the corner, they have a place to go to. And if they don't have a place to go to, it's more on them than it is actual. Yeah, that's why a lot of the homeless advocates don't say, do not give money to the homeless. I still do. I well, don't. Well, that's another story. Yeah. But going back into Harry Potter, I was okay because I used to watch maybe one of the two of the movies because they were at the base theater. They were a buck. Something to do. Oh, I'm hearing all this rage about this movie. So I go to yeah, and I was like, okay, it's cool. It's a kids. It seemed like a kids movie. And then a few years ago, I went to Universal. And Universal 
has like this whole elaborate, like you're actually going, it's almost like you're literally walking into the movie. It's giving you that whole movie aspect. I would like, I haven't been to Universal Studios. So it just, it was very surreal. And that's the kind of real, that's the kind of immersion I like to be in where you're like, how is this even possible? Kind of thing like that. And I think after that, coming back, I was like, you know what? Let me just get into these books and see what they're all about. Have you read the Harry Potter books? Yes. I'm actually on my second run of the Harry Potter books. So I've been, I listened to them once and I'm listening to them again, but not like the younger ones. Or You're reading a book? Not reading. I listen to it. I do Audible, which studies say... That listening to it and reading it is the same thing. No, but I'm thinking when you're reading a book, I was thinking you're looking for a flip out with pictures, something that folds down where someone says, I like world peace. Oh, remember when I was talking with crayons (laughs) next to it? I remember when we were talking to Jimmy, and I I think through my Audible, I have close to 100 books that I've listened to. And that's not including the repeats. Like, I've listened to several, maybe three, four times. And I'm like, should I buy those books and put them on a bookshelf and put them behind me when I'm talking to somebody to just show people how educated I am? And he's like, if showing people that you want to waste your money, that's a good way to start. And I was like, okay, no. No, I've got, you've been to where I live. I got a few books in my apartment. Yeah, it was my first question to you. Did you read all those? And I said, <laughs> when I said yes, you're like, holy smokes. Right. As soon as you walk into this man's house or his apartment and you look, to the right, you're going to see an old recliner that his father once owned, a flat screen TV, and you're going to see the or the Declaration of Independence in all the form. Con- the Constitution. I'm sorry, the Constitution. Just like picture right out there. And it's just, it's well, kind of. Well, those two things is when my dad died, I looked in his drawers. Yeah. He had the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, and the Monroe Doctrine. The only thing I can speculate is when he went on a honeymoon to Washington, D.C., he picked those up. Yeah. So I was hoping I got the Constitution. It was like one of the six they couldn't find, and I had the original. And apparently John's mom, probably best, Scotty Cookie. Cookies. Oh, my God, those are the best. Probably in the world, but we'll never know because... We can't figure out the recipe. That, well, you also you buried the, the rest of the cookies with your dad. Yeah, my dad had the last four that she made, and he couldn't keep... Take, couldn't break himself to eat those. you couldn't like just sneak one out there no, but like... <laughs> he would have killed us but so we're gonna go check out and then so i'm getting like into the harry potter and i'm actually watching some of the movies for the first time or actually just like sitting down looking at the movies it was just like kind of something my son gets into it as well but i just thought it was like just that whole that you know, that kinship that also maybe lets the listeners know that we're not just all about politics no, or the I mean, news. I'm not a big Harry Potter fan. I mean, I like the, some of the movies. I think they're interesting. I'm just amazed the writer. I can't think of who wrote the book. Hey, Rowling. Okay, J.K. Rowling. <laughs> she wrote the book. That how she could. I just think the mind that she had to come up with all those characters and what their strengths, what their weaknesses are. And put that into a book. John, it goes deeper than that. She named like fruit that doesn't exist. She names animals that don't exist. She names food items that don't well, exist. It's just, it's so creative. That's a, She just has a creative mind. Also speaking almost like another language when it also comes to the spells being casted. And she even wrote a book within the book. It's crazy. I like the idea of, you know, of that. But, you know, it's just like something I guess I picked up like through the Marine Corps. But it's just like me, 43 years old. And every time I I walk through that area of Universal, I'm just like, how the hell is this possible? 
different things for different folks. Yeah. Anything similar to that? Like you've gone somewhere, uh, you read about something or you've seen well, something and then all of a sudden it's in front of you and you're just like, whoa. To me, it was 2006. Okay. We went to, I worked at a political consulting firm. We went with some Gold Star families. This is just after the Democrats took both the House and the Senate back. So we go to Washington, D.C. to do a press conference out there. And mm-hmm. I was the one that was leading these Gold Star parents. And for our listeners, in case they don't remember or know, a Gold Star parent is someone whose son was killed in combat. So we got a tour by Duncan Hunter, senior. He was the then chairman of the House Armed Services Committee in January when the new Congress took over. And then he would become the ranking member of the House Armed Services Committee. He was a good guy. I can't. I don't know much about the son, but the father was really straight up. Couldn't dress a lick. Yeah. He comes to this meeting. Everybody. I, I told the one of the guys, Gold Star parents knew him. And he goes, oh, you'll recognize him right away. He comes there, and I sim- right away I noticed that was him. And I'm looking at him like, dude, you're a congressman. You're chairman of the House Armed Services Committee. Who in the world dresses you? Yeah. He shows up in like the Chuckabee shoes. These unwrinkled, these wrinkled slacks, this crumpled up shirt. It looks like he just went to the Goodwill and picked up a blazer and just threw it on. And I'm like, I know you don't have to dress five star, but can you get? I think you have to respect the office that you're in. Well, yeah, but could you? There's a new invention called an iron. Because <laughs> you know how we're in the Marine Corps. Everything's got to be creased. Yep. And I'm like. The Marine Corps is, is adamant about putting creases in areas that don't need, need to be creased. You needed three creases on the back of your shirt. You needed two creases on the front of your shirt. Oh, my God. <laughs> it has to be straight down. Yeah, it has to be. You better, it better crease that button. <laughs> I'm like, who does it? This one, I was like, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna save up the 15 bucks and get it dry clean or then you, your shoes got to be shined and it was so anyway yeah he gets there and then we spent time with his staff his staff took us on to the house floor okay this is where the president will speaks gives his national security state of the union address mm-hmm. he addresses congress yeah and you're thinking this thing is huge yeah it's not okay it's jammed in and then when the president or a national leader speaks you see all the busts of the leaders of Western civilization. And straight ahead, you'll see the bust of Moses. And I was just taken aback that here I am, I'm studying all this stuff, and I'm on the House floor where the President of the United States spoke. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, someday I will be the first Marine Corps president. So when you say that, it's like it probably looks bigger on TV than it actually does in real but isn't that like a football field? Like you, when you go to a, when you watch a football game, you're just like, how big is this friggin' field? And then you get in down to it, and you're like, it's a hundred yards, and you're like, hell, we don't start shoot anything less than two hundred yards when we get in the Marine Corps. Yeah, I went to a basketball many basketball games because the owner of the political consulting firm had season tickets to the Kings, yeah. and we were six seats behind the Kings bench. Okay, the court looks big on TV. It is dinky down there. I got to see. Shaquille O'Neal and Kobe Bryant in their prime. And my God, it's a whole different ball game when you're that close. You don't have to get up. Someone brings you food. Yeah. It was great. Supreme Court. Okay. I guess we transition into what's going on. Yeah, this is a hard transition. We're just going to go right yeah, on into it. Tough. Because I think this will give us a little bit to talk about, especially, 
I think we might have some different opinion. Yeah. Okay. So basically what happened is the U.S. Supreme Court made a unanimous decision that a Catholic foster agency, this is in Philadelphia, that participates in foster program because it excludes same-sex couples. Okay. So they will not let same-sex couples Couples adopt adopt children. Now, is it solely, is every adoption agency based on... Some aren't. Okay. So... What the court ruled was that the Philadelphia city of Philadelphia violated the free exercise clause of the Constitution, which they said you, you need to make accommodate the religious values of organizations, particularly when you obviously can do. OK, but hasn't the pope, the, the pope, hasn't the pope been like, hey, you're gay? It's cool. In the Catholic in the Catholic sect, is it? the Pope, what they're saying here, everybody has different religious beliefs, but she, you have to make accommodations. What they were saying, what they said in this case, mm-hmm. this the Catholic foster program wasn't excluding somebody, wasn't putting their values onto somebody else. They were just saying for them in the foster care system, they don't would like they don't their beliefs is not to give children into same sex couples. So I have, my issue with that is that. Why not? Because I don't see a problem with that if you have a loving family or that wants to expand themselves by one, you're telling me that you're going to let a kid go unadopted? No, that, but see, here's the point, though. It's You can say, but here's the point. Where does my religious beliefs and where does your rights begin? They're not saying that. They say if they make a comp, they're not excluding anybody. They're being part of, there's other adoption agencies you can go through if you want to have a same, but through the Catholic, excuse me, foster program, they're saying that we don't believe in same-sex marriage. Yeah. I can see your point though, but you got to remember, it's just like an, it's just like a baker. This is another case that's going up for the Supreme Court, even though it was ruled in his favor and this baker decided that he didn't believe it was his religious convictions to not to believe in making a cake for a same-sex couple. Have maybe dual opinion on the Catholic Church that doesn't want to adopt same-sex couples and the baker. I think, so the problem I have when it comes to maybe like gay or same-sex couples is that they make it a point that if you don't want to serve or you don't want to serve them or you don't want to do something for them, they say, oh, it's because I'm gay. Just like that person's, oh, you don't want to serve me? Is it because I'm black or is it because I'm Jewish or is it because I'm Chinese? Something like the always, there's always that one thing that they will try to scrupulize so the guy that was making the cakes and even the church that doesn't want to adopt the same sex couple they're entitled to their religion that's first amendment that's their right however they're using it as an excuse i think but in this case if that's your religious conviction and in the christian faith we believe that marriage is between a man and a woman so the question is there's other bakeries they could go to if this person doesn't want to accept this his because of his religious conviction. They can go to another bakery that will accept. Okay, but so here comes the religion again. Is remember that uh, hospital that fired? I think it was like 140 people because they didn't want to get the the vaccine. No, you know? they're it's still fairly new. Yes, they can. I know for a fact. Those cases are going to reach the Supreme Court. Now, I don't know how. And understood. Some of the people in there didn't get the vaccine because they said, my religion says I don't have to get this 
vaccine and they abided by that. But I think that that was just that would have been just another excuse for them not to do it. But, Guess what? I can't come in work on Saturdays. You know why? It's against my religion. That's why. Okay, but that's where the courts really dial down and to see is that your religious conviction? It's just if you're in the military. I dealt with this during the Gulf. Somebody, a couple of people came up in, in my unit that oh, I'm a conscientious objector. Yeah, and the reason it was rejected, which is bull. Yeah, the reason it was rejected, you joined the Marine Corps. Everybody knows the Marine Corps is first to fight. That's the motto of the Marine Corps, first to fight. And then all of a sudden, you decide you're a conscience object. They had no basis for that. You have to have a history of that. Like for me, I go to church every Sunday. I've been doing that for decades. So I have a history of a conviction. You can't just say now all of a sudden your belief is this. It's got to be based over of a period of time. And the courts are going to have to wrestle with that, especially when it comes to the vaccination. So I'm not saying, yeah, it's, I guess it's a quick catch-22. It's just, I really don't think, I think their religious beliefs should be honored. But I just, I think you can't use that as a... But who's to say they're using it as a crutch? As a crutch. Well, that, but the Supreme Court ruled that you have to make, if you make reasonable accommodations for other groups, you have to make reasons, just like in California, the court came down and overturned a California law. Church can't reopen, but you're going to allow restaurants, you're going to allow this, you're going to allow this to open, bars to open, but you can't allow a church to do it. Okay, but let's harp Why? on, okay, let's harp on something you, because you're a little bit, maybe a little bit different, but your religion says you cannot drink, says you cannot drink coffee or tea or alcohol. Okay. So those three things. So you can walk into a tea place or a coffee place or bar and say, you got to stop serving liquor. Why? Because it's against my religion. I mean, then what that's, are you doing there? That's not how it works. I oh, know it. That's not how. No. But someone can, someone can someone do that. Can, but that's the wrong because how many times. I okay, do with that. But how many times in the Marine Corps. People find out that I don't drink, and they're always like, should I drink? Or you even did it. And I said, no, that's my conviction. Yeah. Choose not to drink. But that's different than a, a, a religious organization says we don't but believe. You, you're different, John. You're different. You you don't come in there in with case, the entitlement. So all, the, all it's going to yeah, take is somebody a, with entitlement. But this is an individual you're talking about. This is an organization. The the Catholic Foster Program is in an organization. They're going to adhere to the organization and the the beliefs of the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. This isn't an individual coming. This is an organization. Their beliefs, their 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 laws are set in motion. Have been for the millennial. That's what they always believed in. It's different from an individual. If an individual comes up, they're going to have to prove over a time period. That those are truly their conviction and organizations rules have been set. Yeah. So it's it's an interesting rule and but it was interesting. But here's the interesting fact of this: this was nine to nothing. Now you got to remember, okay? Yeah, the Donald Trump appointed three conservatives, so it's six. They got the three most liberal members, or the only three liberal members of the court, to decide that this violated. Their First Amendment religious freedom. That's and then progressives flipped. They were like, "How dare those three? I think it was Breyer, Sotomayor, and Alana Kagan." Well, the only three liberals yeah, on there. <laughs> but how dare they side with the conservative? That's why they want to push a pack the court to get more progressives up there. That's just absurd to me. That oh, it's not going to go my way. Let's get put more people. Well, 
But in the same vein, the Supreme Court upheld an Obamacare or Affordable Care Act ruling seven to two. I may not like it, but okay, that's the way it goes. Just go into that one real quick because I'm a little shady. I'm a little. I would have to. Okay, but I think that was off the individual mandate. I would have to go back and look at that one. We should talk to Patrick about that. Exactly. Yeah, because I think he. Because I think if anything, I'm just would be glad that they don't fine you for not having health care. That was the one thing that I think they upheld that because you're not paying a fine now. But even still, but look how that ruled. Seven to two. So that means a couple of the conservatives jumped over and ruled with the the liberal side. Debating whether I should bring this up now or next show. What's that? Fair tax. The what tax? Fair, no, fair tax. Fair taxes. I would have to, I know what it is. I'm going to have to do some research on that to get an idea, to make sure I have my facts and figures straight we'll on. We'll go into the next show with that, and you can look at your phone for five minutes. I will do that. <laughs> but anyway, so anything planned or what's on the horizon for John Ubaldi, especially with Ubaldi Reports? Well, my goal of, for Ubaldi Reports is, one, we're getting a video coming out within a week or so. Yeah. Yep, for Fourth of July. What I really would like to do is do this full time, and then we can post the podcast that day. And then eventually, I want to do is a a video vlog, much like the podcast, but they get to see us. We can have guests come in, and we can have a, a certain discussion about domestic and global policies on certain topics. And I will have to stop wearing shirts with stains on them. Yeah, that you do. But it works for Joe. All right, John, why don't you go ahead? Actually, so uh, everybody go to UbaldiReports.com. We'll get more in-depth with the articles and just giving you information. John is very thorough and making sure that the information you get is factual. But, John, how else can they get a hold of us? Well, they can go to Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Type in Ubaldi Reports. If they go to Facebook, go to Ubaldi Reports Group. You can check us out there. Leave comments, what you think of these articles, podcasts. And we'd love to hear from you. I've gotten a lot of results. It's interesting at Chick-fil-A at night, they play my podcast. So I always ask people, what did you think of it? What would you think we could do better? That was something I wanted to They kind of... always love the story. Well, like briefly, because I remember we were talking about, uh, I went to one Chick-fil-A and there they have too many people. So they're not getting enough work individually because they have to spread it out through all that. And then, but we did also talk about other places and that how they're not equipped. And is it the people, the individuals themselves that are working or is it? See that? I don't know. It's because I don't, you can talk to some of the people there. Everybody's overworked, but I don't know what's fact, what's fiction. What is because you, everybody has their opinion. I don't have anything to back it up with evidence. Yeah, because because you're there firsthand, so you cannot speak on this. But like me listening to it secondhand, I'm like, there's got to be a problem with leadership. Well, no, but I've asked that with some of the people. I haven't asked manage, but I've asked some of the workers. It goes, why do you think we can't keep people? Hmm. Is it different expectations? You do work hard. What about, I like incentivizing. I like the idea that, hey, if you're here for a month or 90 days, we're going to give you an extra dollar an hour. But, or, see the, but see, the one thing I don't know is Chick-fil-A has, as far as I know, they're, each store is owned by somebody. Yeah. I don't know what their budgets are like. I don't know what, what does Chick-fil-A get from each store. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. And so the I think another myth we can take out of the, is that when you own a restaurant, whether it be a McDonald's or a Burger King or Chick-fil-A, any kind of franchise restaurant, you are going to work harder, if not or hard, but if not harder than your actual staff 
probably more than a regular nine to five because this is like your restaurant, your baby. You got to take care of it. And like all the quakes, aches and moans, well, you got to take care of it. I know for a fact that the general managers, there are yeah. six days, seven, even sometimes. I know Chick-fil-A is not open on Sundays, but when you're a business owner, we've t- I've talked with them and he goes, even on Sundays, mm-hmm. you're thinking about how to fix your business. Yeah. And that can get a little overwhelming for him too. All the other managers are there six days a week you work so but to the uh, you talk highly of the night manager yeah the night manager is a phenomenal guy his uh, fiance works and she's also a wonderful person but they work hard he i have never seen a harder worker than that night and maybe he's worth a little bit more if you know what i mean hint hint yeah but all i know is he works hard yeah so and he's uh, going to school on top of that yeah and we know you guys listen so keep it up and tell your friends and let everybody know about Uvalde Report. See you later. Take it easy.